Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. So I want to talk to you all this week about the plan, what we should be considering and plotting and I guess in planning for the future of conservatism. There's been a lot of talk out there about uh, third party, you know, the Republicans can't be trusted. And so therefore we have to start our own and do all that. And I think we learned a valuable lesson from the Tea Party run. It served its purpose because it spoke out and we were heard. The media hated us. The left couldn't stand us, so which meant we had value. We were threatening to their power base. So that's where we've got to begin, but we got to take it to the next level, right? And we did. You know, the Tea Party was basically the 75 million people that voted for Trump. Whether they realize it or not, that is and was the intent of the Tea Party was to stop the growth of government, the loss of freedom. That's what it was all about. I make my money, I keep my money, the government takes a very small fair share to spend responsibly on things we actually need, like the defense of the nation. I don't need you running anything in my economy. Let the economy run the economy that is run by the people. So with all this talk, and you know, everyone's got a, a thought and an attitude, and there's still so much emotion in all this. Everyone's very angry about it all. You know, we don't trust anything. We shouldn't. They haven't proven they can be trusted on both sides of the aisle. But what I'd like to see is the energy being spent on this, being focused. And that's what we need to do. We need to focus this enthusiasm and this emotion into something positive. Not a third party, but a group. You know, it could be a Tea Party, it could be a Patriot group. Any, you give it any name you want. But the Trump people out there, the conservatives, the people that think what's going on and what's about to happen is completely wrong. We need to band together with our finances. We need to support. And those groups that we create or group that we create needs to support and have a single mission in mind. We need to make sure there are no rhinos, Republican in name only, no neocons. That's fancy words for never Trumpers. And of course, never Trumpers. They got to go. We got to get them out of our house. Focus on that. Forget about the Democrat thing right now. We got to do this in steps. We have to stop the swamp. When Trump talked about swamp, he's talking about all these inbred, self-serving, self-righteous, party doesn't mean a damn thing, just make me money and power politicians. That's your Bushes. That's your McCain's. That's your Liz Cheney's. All familiar last names, right? We all know who they all were. Can we just go along to get along? See, when they went to get along, the media for a day would say, oh, that John McCain and George Bush, so wonderful. And as soon as they didn't need him the next day, they called him a bunch of idiots and morons and the stupidest people on the planet because basically they were. They fell for the sucker thing, right? They sat there and went, well, look, the media loves me and I'm going to do everything so the media loves me. Who gives a crap what the media and the liberals and Marxists and socialists think? I don't care. They're insane. Self-serving, self-righteous asses. If you go to Washington, D.C., and your plan is to, I want people to love me, you're doing the wrong job, and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So why can't we focus that time and energy and money and go after those who need to go? If you are in a state in this country, and you got that rhino in your district, he's a congressional, he's a senate, he's a governor, whatever they are, State representative, state senator, whatever. Focus there. They got to go. You got to identify them. You got to call them out. You got to make it public. Shame them for being rhinos. Shame them for being never Trumpers. Shame them for following the Democratic lead because that's what they believe they have to do to be successful. Those are the ones who don't give a crap about any of you. When I say let's be the resistance, that's what hope comes from. And if we can ban to hope, we can do anything. Out here in California, for the second time in less than 20 years, the state of California is rebelling against a progressive socialist governor. 
Gray Davis was the first one. And we bounced his little behind right out the door. And we put in Schwarzenegger. Being a celebrity is what gets you over in California, unfortunately. Not the context of the person and the character and their beliefs. McClintock was the guy that should have been governor, but there was a well, he has no personality. Yeah, he's only the smartest guy in the room. When it came to financials in particular, that was a huge thing at the time because our budget was blown out of the water. We had no, no means and still don't. But he would sit there and speak, and his name Tom McClintock, he's now a congressman, about how to write this ship and how to do it intelligently. And it may, if you listen to him, it made sense. If you were a halfwit or a moron or didn't know that one plus one was still two, then you didn't get it and you didn't vote for him. You went for Schwarzenegger. Look out. The bridge is out. We voted for that guy because I'm Arnold and I can do anything. Well, yeah, he can do anything. He can lie and bullcrap his way through anything like everybody else. He's just a rhino at best. He was married to a Kennedy, for God's sakes. And he treated this state almost as bad as Gray Davis. Was it a better? A little bit. Did he give the Democrats everything he wanted? Pretty much. Did he stand up for anything? Not really. We're now looking to recall Adolf Newsom, the governor of California, the nephew of Nancy Pelosi, probably godchild of Dianne Feinstein, the love child of Jerry Brown. Who knows? I mean, they got, they're all related and inbred. That whole San Francisco group. They all probably slept with Willie Brown, the kingmaker of San Francisco and Marxism in California. I mean, Vice Chair Harris did. That's how she got where she is. She slept with Willie. So it's probably likely they all did. With all that in California, there's a recall going on for old Adolf. 1.5 million signatures are required to put it on a ballot and put up the recall. When we have about six weeks to go, it's like middle of March, we have to turn in those, uh, all these signatures officially. Well, I said they were saying something like 1.48 million or something like that. It has already been turned in here in California. And the Attorney General of California has already said like 85 to 95% of these signatures are, have been authorized and completely legit. So we got six weeks to get a couple hundred thousand to go. So if you're in California, if you know someone in California, if you can still vote in California, you're registered in California, you need to go online find it. We'll put it on social media, the link so that people can just go straight to it and just sign it. If you're a voting participant in California, you get to sign this. You have a say, sign it. We need more than 1.5. We need 1.8. We need 2 million. We need signatures. Get it on the ballot because there's the thing, right? Hope. If in all the places in all the country, if we can get a recall on Adolf Newsom in California and pull his rug out from him and end his career, what do you think the chances are of doing it anywhere else here? If you're in Colorado, Idaho, Louisiana, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Oregon, Washington, if you're anywhere and you've got someone that's, you know, just not pulling their weight, you don't think you can bounce them? If California can do what we're about to do, Everybody out there can do it way easier than we can. So don't make excuses. Don't lose faith. You just need to go out there and make the difference. Hold them all accountable and get rid of the sludge. And let's put somebody else in there that we can have some hope in. And if they fail, we bounce them. Once we take back our party, conservatism, and no more swamp, and it's ours, and it listens to the people, and the Rand Pauls and the Ted Cruz's out there, and there's more of them, the better we'll all be. It won't be perfect. It never is. But it will be so much better. We will have opportunity. We will have freedom. We will get to be big boys and girls. And we don't need Chairman Joe telling us how to live. It's none of his damn business. So keep the faith. Be the resistance. We can win this all back. We just got to do it in the right steps. And that's step one. So Chairman Joe, that's what we're going to call him. You know, just like Chairman Mao. Basically the same. Just hasn't killed anybody yet. But they're trying. Chairman Joe is going full dictator on executive orders. 
straight up, his own words too. He's going full dictator. We'll play the clip of Joe cutting loose talking about executive power and the abuse it is and why he must gain a consensus and work with the government to make things happen. He can't just do it because that would make him a dictator. His own words. No, well, I got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, uh, the one thing that I, ha- I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. So in the first week, Chairman Joe has signed over 50 executive orders. And you're thinking, well, Trump, you know, that guy must have signed 5,000. Yeah, he didn't. Number two on that list for the first seven days would be Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. He signed five. Okay, five. We were pretty upset about five. How y'all feeling about 40, 50, and counting? The guy only stops because he gets a hand cramp. He's old. He's too busy running his fingers through 12-year-old girl's hair. You know, arthritis, man. You can only ask so much of a 99-year-old. Trump was four. And then down the chain, the Bushes and the Clintons, and everybody was two and threes. Executive order was something that was to be used in an emergency situation or to deal with a serious flaw in legislation so that the legislation could catch up. Maybe it was something old, something from the 1800s. And it's just not relevant today. So it needs to be adapted. So a president goes, there you go, sign that. That's now not going to be like it's 1855 here anymore. It's now 2000 or whatever. Just to make things more up to date. But not this guy. Chairman Joe, who's just a puppet. It looks like Susan Rice is the one running the show, an old Obama buddy, which means Obama's telling her what to do and so forth, and the people that ran Obama are telling her what to do. See, it's all behind the scenes, everything. You may have hated the orange man because he was evil. He didn't listen to anybody about what to do. He would take in the advice, and he's like, this is what we're doing. He didn't get manipulated. He didn't get played. He's straight up. He did what he did because he thought it was best. Most of the time, in my opinion, he was right. Every once in a while, he'd make a slip up, and that happens. No one's perfect. But goodness gracious, this guy's signing things that are changing everybody's lives at a flip of a coin. Sign here, Mr. President. Boom, signs it. Hey, 11,000 people working Keystone. You're out of a job. Wait, we all voted for I know your union, and you're stupid. You know, union. You're being played if you're in a union. They're just taking the money and spending it as they see freely. They're benefiting you at nothing. Hey, school teachers of America, remember when you used to not pay for health insurance? How's that working for you? They fought so hard. My wife's a school teacher. If we kept our PPO, we'd be paying over $1,100 a month. Thank you, union. Way to fight. We used to pay nothing. Now we go to Socialist Medicine of America called Kaiser Permanente. That's where people go to die. We got that. 300 bucks a month or 350 Something ridiculous, and we get no service whatsoever. But they'll take the money. So he's signing our lives away. There's a video clip out there. You guys can look it up online. Joe Biden um, says, what am I signing? And then you see a, a black hand slide in, and a person says, just sign that. He doesn't have a clue what any of these executive orders are. Doesn't matter. Not to him. His mental faculties are gone. Jill Biden will be at his side every opportunity there is. He pops up on that ass-kissing media, the, the late-night shows that are you know, not funny. That's where she'll be right there, holding his hand, squeezing, giving the signals, making sure he doesn't say something insanely stupid. Good luck with that. But this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't even know where he is half the time. But he's signing executive orders that are affecting everyday American lives. I told you last week, welders, they're all over that Keystone Pipeline. These guys and gals are making up to $300,000 a year. But socialism and Marxism will not have that. So you're fired. John Kerry, the climate czar, or whatever the hell he is, just an idiot flying around in a private plane that he got from his old lady because she's the ketchup queen. 
educating and trying to tell everybody, hey, those guys and gals just got to go out there and build solar panels. Right, because, you know, everybody in Solyndra was making 300000 a year. I mean, the CEO was. That's why I went bankrupt. But this is not practical. And besides, we're buying all our solar panels right now from China. So if they're making a panel for 20 bucks, and we're going to make ours for what, 1000 Who's buying those? Government. Yeah, they will. They'll spend all our money to buy an American solar panel that's no different than the thing coming from China because they already stole the technology and information when they hacked us over and over and over. We don't punish China for that. We send them our money. One of the executive orders, right? Told you guys last week. We're giving more aid to China. So we're paying our competition millions and millions of dollars every year to screw us? Unions, are you paying attention now? Chairman Joe issued a domestic terrorism advisory that troops will remain in D.C. in the Capitol till March 31st because they're all afraid. The bartender, she's afraid. She won't go to work. She's afraid that somebody in Congress is going to shoot her. They got metal detectors now because, you know, it's so normal now that Congress people and senators walk into the chamber with their AR-15s looking to blow away a bartender. Get over yourselves. It's called debate. We disagree with you. You know what they do in other countries when they get together? I mean, look at England. They're screaming and yelling and, and they're flipping out and losing their minds. Hey, you know, you go to the Middle East and Indian things like that. They'll throw shoes at you. I think we should start throwing shoes at each other. How awesome would it be from the great state of Texas, guy stands up, takes his boot and chucks it right at the bartender and nails her in the melon. That would make for great TV. What if we saw a congresswoman from California in her heels and Pelosi is just yammering away and she picks up that high heel, you know, like a nice four-inch stiletto, right? And just chucks it. That would be great TV. That would get people's attention. You're worried about guns? We should start throwing shoes at each other. Watch the... The next batch of Congress people come in and wearing combat boots all the time. Nothing like catching a 10-pounder with tire tread on the bottom. Some buckles on the side. We can do some serious damage with that stuff. Let's throw shoes at each other. I'm tired of the name calling. I think we all are. They say these words. Now it's white supremacy, right? That's the key word for the next four years. Everything that disagrees is a white supremacist. Doesn't matter if you're white or not. You just will be. Call the Proud Boys, whatever those guys are about. The leader's like Hispanic or something. Um, not white, but you're calling them white, and I don't get it, but, you know, whatever. But domestic terrorism, they're just saying it over and over and over so that the next time we get together and we protest, we're terrorists. The next time a, a family out in Idaho doesn't want to recognize or obey the government, it's another Ruby Ridge. Right, the FBI is going to go in and just obliterate a family. None of this is okay. But this is what they're going to use, and they're going to justify it. It's all domestic terrorism. We were doing it to protect the democracy. First, it's a republic. We are a republic. You're not even calling it a republic. That's why we know you're wrong and you're evil about it. A democracy is a style of government. We are a republic. See, back in 2011, Pelosi was all about storming the castle. Wisconsin State Capitol. She was all about it. You can look it up. You know, an insurrection, a revolution is always a good thing from time to time to stir things up and keep... Why is it okay in 2011, but it's not okay in 2020? Would it have anything to do with that it was a Republican governor of Wisconsin? Because it was, and it is, and it was obvious. Occupy Wall Street. That was totally okay, because, you know, they were all against the rich people. I mean, they were basically against you, the Democrat, leadership. But you still, in the media, used them to gain more advantage and to convince people that rich white people running hedge funds are the worst thing ever. They are. You know, we heard all about that this week, right? We'll talk more next week about it. GameStop. The little man gets his revenge. It's going to keep coming. Banning travel, right? So last week he, Chairman Joe, removed the Muslim ban, which wasn't even a Muslim ban, but so be it. All right, so Muslims and bad guys all across the world are going to come to America. Yay! Can't wait to deal with that crap. But now he's banning travel from other countries because of COVID. Y'all remember what he said about that when Trump shut down travel 
from China, xenophobic. Europe, xenophobic. So wait, a year ago when you do this, the orange man is xenophobic and you're not. If the same principles applied, how can you have two different results? Well, you're a hypocrite. You're a Marxist. That's why. That's what they are. So I got this. This one was a great story. This is a could happen. Okay. So it's not for sure, but (laughs) when you got the power, it's only a matter of time. So in San Francisco, the city government is paying between 15 and $18 million a month for 2,200 homeless people to have shelter at night in hotels. I'll do the math for you. That comes out to about $8,000 per person a month for shelter at night in the city of San Francisco. And Biden is looking to take taxpayer money, your money, people, and giving it to San Francisco so they don't have to foot that bill. Because see, San Francisco is seriously in debt. They aren't making any money because they're a city. They're spending it while people are leaving San Francisco in droves like they're leaving New York, like they're leaving California as a whole. Can't afford to stay, so their income is reduced but they need help. So this COVID bill that's going to come out, that one point, it's always 1.9 trillion. You notice that? Is there something with the IRS that says it has to be below 2 trillion? You know, kind of like when we want to make a deposit, it has to be below 10,000 so we don't have to notify the IRS. I mean, this is 1.9 trillion. It'll be in there. Pay attention. There'll be about a thousand pages of nonsense that has nothing to do with COVID. And it'll be about, let's give San Francisco 20 million a month so that we can pay for those homeless that are living in hotels. They did this before down in Orange County. This was about eight years ago, give or take. There was a homeless community living right next door to Anaheim Stadium in the Santa Ana Riverbed. There's a beautiful bike path that goes from like Corona, California, down to the beach in Huntington Beach. Um, It's just nice, like 40-some miles or more. Couldn't use it. We Nobody could use it because it was overtaken by the homeless. So there was dookie and drugs and everything everywhere. So... They were going to roust them out. And then liberals sued and they won. And the court said, well, you got to give them somewhere to go if you're going to take away this space. So they put them up in hotels. So what happened is they paid the hotels all this money to house these people for a limited amount of time till they could find other means or whatever. So the hotels took the TVs off the walls, the refrigerators and microwaves out of the rooms and left it with the bare essentials. And the homeless were pissed. (laughs) Well, People were asked, well, why do you guys take that stuff down? Because they just steal it and sell it for more drugs and crap. So why should I give them the means to finance this bad behavior? Good question, hotel person. But that hotel person made a grip of money. And now we're going to spend $8,000 a month. $8,000 a month. How many of you have a mortgage that's $8,000 a month? How many of you are paying rent that's $8,000 a month? I mean, I'm thinking even in New York and San Francisco, you're not paying that much for a postage stamp, but maybe. 8000 a month. And Biden talks about how it's such a sin for private institutions to make a profit. It's okay if you're dealing with the homeless because here's the thing. So many people in local governments are leaving their jobs and starting these homeless charities and they get the access of money through the cities and the counties and the states across the union. And so what they do is they they fund these little charity organizations and these cities and counties are giving them millions of dollars and they're supposed to be spending all this money on the homeless situation. Now we all know the homeless situation is getting worse, not better. Where's all the money going? That's really odd. Oh, see, this is where it goes. See, and just like it does with anything else, the government gives these people money and they give them a million dollars. They're spending a hundred thousand on actual cots, tents, building space. They're keeping $900,000 for their charity expenses. So the charity expenses is the people that left government to run these little things or had their family start these little things. So my sister and my brother that, you know, they are running the charities and they're traveling in the world, eating out, you know, well, we had to talk to this person. Hey, they could take their own relative who's in government out and call it a business expense and write it off. And they get to have, you know, $500 dinners at French Laundry. But the homeless are still homeless. 
See, it's another scam. It's just like the union thing, right? They take the money, they spend it as they see fit. They don't give it and reinvest it back in the union and people for it. They keep getting screwed. So the homeless are now the next one. Now the other ones are going to get screwed. They get very little, no actual means to fix anything because if they fixed it, the charity would die and the means of new income for these people would end. That's not going to happen. So he was complaining about private prisons and how they're making a profit. And they've got to stop. And I'm going to shut them down. Executive order, sign here, Joe. Boom, Chairman Joe signs it. So there's something like 15 to 18,000 inmates that are in a private prison across the country. And I guess he's got a problem with it because they're making a profit. Oh, you mean like those homeless charities and those hotels are making a profit? Sure. So what's the problem with the prisons? Well, you know, they're, uh, what, what, what are they doing, Joe? Come on, speak up. What are they doing? Are they providing services as contracted under the law of the country and the state and the county they're performing? If the answer is yes, Tough tookies on how they spend the money. You know, the Sheriff Joe down in Arizona, the, the famous guy that ran the sheriff down in Arizona for all those decades, you know, he would put him in pink outfits and then give him like bologna sandwiches. That's it. Tent cities. That's it. He kept his budget well under wraps. Why spend good taxpayer money on that? They need to eat. There's your food. You need shelter. There's your shelter. You got it closed. You got your clothes. The end. Medical care. Okay. If they're following the rules and it's legal, who are you to say it's you're going to change it? You've got a contract. Guess what? Remember we talked about contracts? You can cancel it, but you're going to have to pay it because it's a legal contract. So if it's a 10-year deal or a 20-year deal, we're going to pay for prisons that aren't going to hold anybody. Well, it's in the name of racial equity. Um, how about in the name of victims and crime? If you commit the crime, you go to jail. That's what the law says. If they're convicted, you will serve time. You will pay your penance. You don't get to just stop that because, well, you know, they're a minority. Yeah. Well, they, they, they commit more crimes. Yeah. So they're going to be more of them in prison. No one's keeping them from going to school. School's free. You can walk right up and walk right in and sit down. You don't need really any paperwork. You don't need it here in California. You can just show up and go. So you can cry me a river about how unjust and unfair everything is, but you can go to school. You can listen. You can then do the work and take the test. You can stay after. You can learn to read. You can do lots of things for yourself. It's not everyone else's fault. You decided... You know what? I want to make money, but I'm not a good basketball player, so I'm going to just hawk heroin on the streets. Well, you will get caught, and you will go to prison, unless Joe lets you out. So my favorite thing to talk about is like how we led the show, how we can move forward and be positive and be successful and take back our country to beat the resistance. My second favorite topic is COVID. It gets better every week. And yeah, you know what? I deal with pain and tragedy, maybe different than some of you. Um, I use humor. It just, my mechanism, it works for me. And if it doesn't for you, I'm sorry. If it bothers you, I'm sorry. People are dying. People are dying every day from everything. And it sucks. My stepfather passed away in 1998 a year before my first son was born. He never met my kids. And I feel bad for them. Because other than he did drink a lot, but when he was sober and he was just being Jim, he was a cool dude. People would ask me, well, what was he like? i say, go watch Gran Torino. He's Clint Eastwood. That was my stepdad, which I just called my dad. Because he did raise me from like the age of 14. Before that, the sperm donor was never there. So I didn't really have a dad before, but COVID, oh my goodness. My two new favorite words, anal swab, anal swab. Anyone care for an anal swab? Now you're looking at me cause you don't know, or you're laughing your ass off. But in China, you know where this all started, the China virus club Wuhan, it's been under control for a year. Remember, they had a big outbreak in like four weeks and 88 
thousand people in Wuhan got sick. 87,000 of them plus were cured and they lost like 500 people. That's what they're reporting. That it just went away. Now, anyone with a brain goes, then why is it still everywhere else? I mean, China's and India are like the two most populous places on the planet. They live on top of one another. They cannot not touch each other. It's not physically possible to socially distance in China. Can't do it. So we're to believe that everything's cool and millions didn't die over there. And then millions out of billions died, would you even notice? If you have 1.5, 1.8 billion people, they don't even know. I'll tell you, I've been there. It's a lot. They're everywhere. I called them little ant people because when you're in a hotel looking down, the streets are just screwing around. Black little hairs look like black ants just running around the streets. It's, it's crazy. Mind-boggling how many of there are. So if they lost a million or two or ten, would you notice? That's not even 1% of the population. And Chinese and communism and Marxism, all that stuff kind of all into, you know, whacking them. Remember, Chairman Mao, he wiped out 40 million of his own people for his power. So is this any different? This is just, oh, we let something out of the uh, Wuhan lab there. Oh, geez, we just wiped out a bunch. Oh, okay. More food for everybody. Anal swabs. See, these have been determined to be more efficient in detecting if you have Wuhan. Because the up the nose thing, that ain't good, which we all know, right? Because we've seen it and read it. People have gone in the same day or every other day or whatever, and they're like, positive, negative, positive, negative. Totally inaccurate. Doesn't mean a damn thing. But people keep going. If you keep going and you keep getting a positive and it's a false positive, how real are the numbers? Well, we've had millions, Eric. Have we? I mean, the flu would have like 60 million people a year would test positive and have the flu. We're talking, you know, we had two, three, four million. Have we? 350 million people in this country. Have we? And everyone's running out their little, you know, vaccine. You know, it's pretty good. It'll probably work. They just rush that out too. Who can get the contract from the government first? Because the government's going to give it away for free. Well, I want my gajillion dollars. So I will put one out. It's probably all just saline water. Who knows? They take decades to test things and get results. And then maybe it gets the okay from the FDA and put it on market. Now, I get what Trump was doing, right? He had to respond to the media hysteria over something that was not hysterical. Governor Cuomo is getting slapped around in New York now, finally, except by his brother, Fredo. That's, that's Chris Cuomo, if you don't know from CNN. We all call him Fredo. Thank you for that, Rush Limbaugh. If you don't know who Fredo is, I'll explain in a minute. His big brother's the governor of New York. And, you know, the guy that won the Emmy for being so amazing on the microphone in front of everybody talking about COVID, you know, praising Trump about getting all those respirators and bringing out the USS Mercy and all these medical supplies and all these, just getting it out there. Oh, he's doing great. He's doing great. He's doing great. And then the media will be like, I'm sorry, did you say he did great? I mean, he's an animal. He doesn't care about anybody. That's what Cuomo is all about. Self-promotion playing the game, and not giving a rip. See, but he, like some other Democratic governors, Whitmer, Michigan, Adolph, California, put lockdowns on nursing homes. Got to contain it. Got to keep everybody in the building. You remember seeing the photos of the grandkids coming up to the windows, and they, you know, there's like this eight-foot-thick window, and grandma would be waving to the kids, and the kids would be like kind of upset because they wanted to, you know, a grandma. Can't do that. How many of you lost your parents and grandparents? because of this, because they wouldn't let them out. It was a death trap. They all knew it. How do you social distance in a bacteria trap as a senior home? I mean, these people have weakened immune systems. Half of them are probably got some health issue going on that just ties in with their age. And then you bring a bug in there, it's just a feeding frenzy for the germs and the virus took them. Well, see, New York, he's been lying, like everybody else has been lying, about the actual death toll. His lie is, oh, yeah, we had like 10 people die. Except the Democratic Attorney General of New York says, yeah, you might want to hold on to that. It looks like the numbers are actually 50% higher than what you've actually been reporting of actual COVID deaths. Cuomo murdered with his order thousands and thousands of senior citizens in New York. He's now blaming Trump. It's all Trump's fault. Of course it is. Guy's not even there. 
he was the one telling everybody, don't do this. And you did it. And you killed him. And you knew you were going to kill him. How do you not know that 85, 90, 95-year-old people of questionable health aren't going to get sick and die? The workers knew. Anyone with a brain cell knew. But see, I make fun because Chris Cuomo on CNN, when this all came out, he would not mention and did not mention one word about that story. It was on the front page of the New York Times. Not the Post, which it was. The Times. The Times which hates everything free. Freedom, choice, the ability to live your own life. They hate that crap. They called him out, but not Fredo. Fredo was a character in the Godfather trilogy. He was in the first two. The only two that actually matter. Fredo was the middle brother, not very bright, not very strong, just kind of a meek man from a strong family. See, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, even mentioned like when he was kind of rebutting all this, uh, and he's talking about death, and we're going to play that clip at the end of this. But he talks about, well, I lost my dad. He said it in a context of like his dad died of COVID, like he'd never let that happen. But Mario Cuomo, the father, he died in 2015. That's kind of before all this went down. So he's implying something that isn't true. He just wants sympathy because, well, my dad died. Well, bucko, all of our moms and dads have and will die. And you deal with it. The reaching of these people for forgiveness is unbelievable. By just, it's not me, it's them. You can't buy into any of this. The Cuomos. Lovely people. So we're going to play that clip from him talking about his dad now. But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. And I dealt with the loss of my father. The pain is so incredible. uh, And inexplicable and why and why and why uh, it's a tragedy it's a tragedy and I understand maybe the instinct to to blame or to find some relief for the pain that you're feeling but uh, it is a tragedy, and it's a tragedy that continues today. So back to anal swabs, because that's just funny to say, <laughs> anal swabs. So China has decided we've come up with a better way to get a, an honest read, and that's we stick this up your butt. So the, I started thinking, my imagination going wild, so we're going to incorporate this. You know we're going to. Right. And you're right now in like Southern California, you can go sit in your car for hours on your way to Dodger Stadium and you can get in line and pull up and they'll stick it up your nose. Now I'm just saying, okay, so you pull up, you roll your window down, you sit up, you drop your pants, you stick your ass out the window and they stick that schwab right up in there and go give it a good swirl and say, all right, thank you for that. We'll have your test results in an hour on your iPhone. Are you guys kidding me? They literally, in China, they took people that were going from one city in China to another. (laughs) Before you board, you must come here. It is time to have your ass checked. And they stuck a swab up their butts before they flew. And if they tested positive, you don't get to go. We have special room for you over here. Anal swabs. Hysteria. Are you guys kidding me? Are you that afraid to live your lives that you're going to let a couple of million people that have supposedly been infected shut down everything. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you want to suit up, you want to put on a bio suit and a mask and gloves and a respirator on your back and everything, and you want to walk around, knock yourself out. If that's what you think you need to do to keep yourself safe from this death trap that is so overrated, it's not even funny. Then you do that. And if I choose to go out and not wear something around my face, because it dries my lips out. Does it do everybody else like that? Is there enough chapstick to go around these days? 
Because I'm feeling like that's the next shortage. You know, if I sneeze or cough, I pull the mask down. <laughs> it's just, I don't want it in my face. That's why it goes out. But you got to take care of yourselves. If you're smoking, you need to stop smoking. It's beating your immune system up. And you won't be able to handle anything. If you're overweight and diabetic and have heart disease, you need to get on a diet and do some exercise. You need to start going for some walks. You need to do the little things to make sure you're okay down the road. You can't sit there and look me in the face and say, well, I choose to smoke and eat Big Macs all day long, but you have to do this so I don't get sick. Screw you. If you choose those ways of life, you live with those consequences. I'm going to live with mine. And if I get it, I get it. I'll fight it and we'll go from there. But here's the thing I've told you before, and I'll tell you again. I and my family, we don't get the flu. We won't get this. We take care of our bodies. We have strong immune systems because I'm not afraid to get the shopping cart in the parking lot and take that one straight in and not have it cleaned and disinfected and wiped down. My immune system wants to fight little things so that when the big thing comes, I can smack it around. That's how this works. But you make choices for you. I'll make choices for me. And if a business says I have to do something or a business says I don't, I'll shop where I choose based on what's best for me, not what you think's best for me, because I don't care what you think. You don't know me. But if you have a problem, you deal with it. COVID is just like every other virus, except this one was let out on purpose. I believe that. And just like the election, you want to prove me wrong? Prove me wrong. China won't let anybody in. You know, Biden was screaming, hey, Trump wouldn't send anyone over. That's a lie. When it first came down, Trump said, I will send the entire CDC over to help you figure out what's going on and where it came from. We do not need your assistance, you silly Americans. No, they didn't. Why is that? What are you hiding? Sound familiar? Same kind of conversation we had about the election. If you're not willing to open up be transparent, you're a liar, and I will call you a liar until you prove me different. And if you choose to drag your feet and cover your tracks, come with it, that all gets uncovered. People always, always rat. Someone will squeal. Someone will be disenfranchised, and they'll rat you out. There were doctors and scientists from China that would leave, come to the West, get on TV and say, this is what happened. And then their families would disappear. Like, I, I don't know what happened to my mother and my father. They would say this. It's because they're dead. That's the one leverage they had on you from speaking was the safety of your family. Happens everywhere. And you think, nah, China's just, they're just better. Been to China. I told you that. And I'll keep telling you that. Every dude over there smokes. They all got that cough or lung. They're all 20, 30, 40 years old and just hawking it up. And I've heard that. That's how my dad died was lung cancer. And he had that cough for 20 years. And you heard it. You knew. That ain't a normal, like, clear your throat, dry throat, allergy cough. That's a, well, you're having a hard time breathing there. What's going on? Well, there's a mass in there and whatnot. All these Chinese dudes smoke. The sky is so gray. You can't see. They have no idea the sky is blue in China. This generation does not have a clue. If they've never left China, they don't have a clue that the sky is blue. They are the biggest offenders in India and Southeast Asia as a whole of pollution on this planet. You think these people are healthy? They're not healthy. We won't have to go to war with China. They're all going to die of cancer or Wuhan. That's why the silence. Silence leads to the covering of lie. There's a lie happening. And if you think for a second that, well, it's because they ate bats. It ain't. Especially last week when they just told everybody that, well, those scientists at Wuhan got bit by a bat. So much for your food theory that I told you was wrong in the beginning. It's created. It had a purpose. Whether they let it out on purpose or it got out on accident, doesn't matter. It's out. And we're never going to know like we never knew. How many people died in China because of it? You're never going to know that. Chernobyl back in the 80s. We're just learning a little bit, and they're still denying and hiding information. 
the death toll was always in Chernobyl was, you know, like a hundred people. I think it was even less than that. They never counted the radiation and the cancer that fell out in that area and the surrounding areas because of it. That did not count. So don't believe any of them. It's all a lie. It's a scam. Somebody's making money, right? We always said, somebody's got to be making money. Well, Amazon made a ton. Walmart made a ton. Gosh, all those guys made a ton. But we all lost our jobs or we all couldn't open our businesses. This is not really fair, but that's the way it goes. If you're at the top of the food chain and socialism, you make the money. The rest of them, screw you. COVID, anal swabs, <laughs> Fauci, now you got to wear two masks. Why not wear five? Why not just stop breathing altogether? The man is a sycophant celebrity who thinks, who actually he doesn't think. I take that back. He doesn't think. He just says the most stupid, obvious things. Well, if one mask works, two must be better. Well, you know, six months ago you said no masks. It's no point. And then you said masks. And then you said no masks again. And now we're up to two. This guy is a goofball who is impressed by his own appearance on TV. Look at me, I'm smart because the media says I am. You're a moron because I say you are. This guy is not a specialist. He, is, he doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know how to handle it, but he's the foremost authority. <laughs> We're screwed if that guy is the guy. You can't change your story and tell me it's on, based on science. Every week it's different. Let's all go outside, take in a deep breath, relax, and go live your lives. They did what? Chairman Joe's Labor Secretary nominee, Marty Walsh. He's the mayor of Boston. He has issues with hiring people on his staff. Um, quite a few get actually convicted of, of crimes and go spend time in jail. So this guy's up there. Back in 2018, he hired a guy. His name was Enrique Hernandez, I believe. And uh, he hired him in 2018, but he was convicted back in 2012. And he was convicted for hitting a woman in the face and stomach for not having sex with him. He got six months. Now, the story gets better because this guy, Enrique, see, he was serving in the Massachusetts House of Representatives during this time. So Marty knew him. He wasn't just some schmo that gave a resume. He was aware of the man. So he gets convicted. He goes to jail for six months. And then finally in 2014, the Massachusetts House takes away his title and he's out. They kick him out. So he's making money while in prison. <laughs> for punching a woman that wouldn't bang him all the way up to 2014, just collecting the money. And then he gets hired by the new labor secretary nominee, Marty Walsh. You're a hell of a guy. And if you look him up and just Google like Marty Walsh convictions, there's also a story out there that's only like a year and a half old. We had staffers that were convicted of a conspiracy because they were bullying a music festival group about some businessing and uh, they got nailed. I mean, this guy, Talk about finding your top-notch talent. That's what this guy's all about. Commerce Secretary nominee is Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Okay, Gina Raimondo. <laughs> she had something to say. I'm going to read it to you. This is a quote. She was being asked by Governor, I'm sorry, former Governor, but now Senator Rick Scott of Florida during the process. And he asked her about how are we going to pay for all these things? You know, there's talk of raising the gas tax and so forth. So if we're not going to raise taxes on people making less than $400,000 a year, like Chairman Joe swore up and down and promised, how are you going to make this happen? This is what she said. Let me say this. I, as governor, am deeply in touch with how much increasing bills affect the average American family. You're in touch. You're in government. You don't have a clue. She continued to say this, having said that, that's the cue for here comes the lie. Having said that, we do need to meet the climate change challenge and we need funds for improved infrastructure, better roads, safer roads, safer bridges, which also create jobs. So I would look to balance those interests 
and work as a piece of the president's team. Okay. Climate change. What the hell does that have to do with labor? Better roads? Um, safer roads? How do you make a road safer? Safer bridges. You know, we spent like a trillion dollars when Obama was around and went straight to the unions that went back to the DNC that actually never built anything. That's all this is going to be. We're going to funnel more money back into the DNC's hands and to be spent to keep the middle class down, to balance those interests and work as a piece of the president's team. We are going to raise all your taxes on everything. And I'm going to play a clip from Joe Biden that said with George Stephanopoulos, Hey, nobody under 400 is going to get a tax increase. Play the clip. We should stop rewarding wealth and start rewarding work a little bit. Let's raise the capital gains tax for people making over a million bucks a year to ordinary income. Let's reverse the tump tax cut. Nobody making under 400,000 bucks would have their taxes raised, period. Bingo. So when they raise the federal tax on gasoline and you own a vehicle, or you use public transportation, or you fly, you do any of this stuff. Those entities, those businesses, your own personal wallet is going to take a hit. You're going to pay more for fuel. That means you're paying the taxes of those corporations and those entities and those municipalities. And in your own pocket, if you're going to fill your own car, you just paid an extra five, 10 cents a gallon because they said so. That's a tax increase. When Biden said, well, I'm going to take away the Trump tax cuts. We all got a over $2,000 tax cut. Chairman Joe takes it away. We now don't have that. We lose 2000 They take it back. It wasn't theirs in the first place, but they're taking it back. That is a tax on everybody. When a Democrat says, I won't raise taxes, they are telling you they're going to raise all of your taxes. And if you still don't believe that, you might be a moron. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.